Well, I know this verse gets a lot of playtime. I mean, a lot of people like to talk about the, the disciples on the boat and Peter seeing Jesus walking on the water and then Peter actually getting out and doing it. But, you know, frankly, I think it, I think it gets so many people like to talk about it because it's probably one of the coolest miracles in the Bible. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there are some great ones. Parting of the Red Sea was amazing, but, I mean, this just takes it a, I mean, a step further. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I mean just, let's just think about it for a second. Walking on water. Have you ever tried it? You know, I mean, I used to try it when I used to ski, and I would try to kick off a ski and have the boat let me walk on the water. And I know some people could do that, not me. Every time, right in the water, usually had a headache afterwards. I mean, this was, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I, and there's also lots of lessons in this passage. Um, so I think that's why, this, so forgive me today, but it's my last time in Estes, and I wanted to go to this verse, because there is a lot in it. And in my short time, I want, to just, I want to just take a look at Peter's fall and what maybe he was like, speculating a little bit about what it was like in the boat afterwards. Because when Peter saw Jesus on the water, I think the other disciples may have witnessed 10-year-old Peter coming out a little bit. You know, it's like all of a sudden, this excitement, Jesus is walking on the water. And if Jesus can walk on the water, maybe I can walk on the water. And there's this, there's this, hey, if that is you, I want to do it too. I want to do it too. And then he's out on the water, and he's standing on the water, and he's walking on the water. Again, amazing, amazing. He's walking on the water, and then he starts realizing, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. And the excitement starts turning to fear. Joy starts turning to anxiety. And then after he heard those words of Jesus, after he fell and got pulled back up of, why do you doubt? You have little faith. That pride of being out on the water with Jesus, just speculating, may have just turned to just pure disappointment. As Jessica said, I'm on my way out. And as I'm on my way out, I've been thinking a whole lot about my, my way in when I moved from Arkansas to Kentucky. And when I think about that journey here in my first few years here, I think a lot about Peter and the boat afterwards because I kind of think maybe he and I felt a lot of the same way. When I talk about my time here at Asbury, when I'm in NSO, when I'm with students, I talk about, yes, I was in this great church in Arkansas, had this great opportunity, I ended up here at Asbury, la-da-da-da-da-da, end of the story. I jump over year one. I act like it didn't even happen. But 13 years ago, when I came here, I didn't come here to be a part of Asbury Seminary. My wife and I were leaving because we had had a really, really rough few years. And we were looking at coming back to Wilmore as a time of, maybe a time of restoration and peace. I took a job in sales with some friends that I'd made in seminary. And we really felt, and I would say that I feel even today, 13 years later, it was a clear guiding of the Lord that that's what he wanted for our family. But it was hard. 
I was leaving a state I loved. Loved. I'm a Razorback. I'm an Arkansan. Go Hogs. Woo Pig Suey. I loved being in the state of Arkansas. It was hard to leave. I loved the church I was a part of. I was getting to do exactly what I always wanted to do. I was leaving what I thought was the way I was supposed to express the calling on my life. But it was clear this was God's leading. Unmistakable, even today, this was God's leading. And it was hard. It was a big step. And there was something inside of me, and I don't think I would have even verbalized it at the time, that, was, had the, that, that had this expectation almost to the core of my being that I am doing this for you, Lord. I am obeying in this way. So I am expecting a lot of blessings. I am doing this. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And I was thinking paying dividends, more money than I've ever made in this sales job, unbelievable opportunities. I had this picture in my mind. God love you, thank you, I'm obeying, wow, this is going to be great. And then it wasn't. I discovered very quickly, my calling is pastor, it is not salesman. I was selling life insurance. And when you're selling life insurance, sometimes you have companies that want to have nothing against life insurance, love them, Huge, go get it, it's important. But sometimes you're, you're pushed to sell it when people don't need it any. They don't need what you're selling them. And I couldn't do it. I remember leaving this one house close to the time that I quit, thinking I, I didn't make the sale, and I talked them into a completely different product, and I made zero money. I was terrible at it. Not what I needed to be doing. And then there was a lot of transition stuff going on. Our best friends from seminary that we were so excited to live down the street from, things had changed. (laughs) We didn't mesh anymore, and that friendship didn't work out. My new passion of coaching youth sports that I was really good at in Arkansas. I won a lot. I had a lot of fun. In Kentucky, it was a disaster. We lost. I got yelled at, not by just parents, but officials and everybody. It 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 was rough. Nine months in, I wasn't just contemplating on and worrying about how successful I was going to be. I was thinking about how to survive. I was thinking about how to pay my mortgage and waking up in the middle of the night thinking, am I even going to be able to pay the bills? And I turned my eyes from God, and I fumed in it. And I went to where a lot of people go. Why, God? Why did you lead me here? I must have missed you. I did what you told me to do. I obeyed, and now I'm in trouble. When we get to moments like that, when we get disappointed with life, when we get disappointed with God, and we're not sure what to do next, we have a choice to make. We either put the unexpected experience, situation, in God's hands, We continue to look at him, we continue to trust him, and believe that he's going to give us some type of understanding and use this in some way eventually. Or, we turn our heads, we look at our disappointment, 
We, look at, we let it become anger, which can eventually lead to a hardened heart. I don't know what happened exactly with Peter in the boat. I'm, I'm speculating there because that would have been awfully disappointing to me. But Peter got over it. We know because of Peter's story. He stayed engaged with Jesus, and, and Jesus did a great work in his life and used him mightily. My disappointment just about ruined me. I became angry, and for a period of years, I was not that guy who was preaching at the gathering in Searcy, Arkansas. And that anger came out in different spots. A lot of times it came out in sporting events. I'm, I'm, I'm way too into sports, but that's where, that's where it came out. While I was watching my favorite team, coaching a team, or watching or coaching my sons, and I was harder on my sons than I should have been. But it just came out, and I embarrassed myself, and I embarrassed my family. I was looking for ways to veg out, to not think about that I was no longer the guy that I was when I was pastoring in Arkansas. I mean, when I was in Arkansas, one of my main things that I wanted to challenge people to was to, to live all out, to go all out in their ministry, to go all out with their lives, no matter where they were, no matter what they were doing, to do everything they can, both feet in, to, to make a difference for Christ. My, my, one of my little phrases was, was full devotion to Christ is the norm for every believer. I love to break out into that song. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a casual Christian. I don't want to live, I don't want to live a lukewarm life. But that's exactly what I was doing. Lukewarm, going through the motions, angry at the God of the universe. I could not get past my disappointment, my anger, and my hurt. But God's steadfast love endures forever. God eventually saved me, and it was about a year in that he saved me from the sales job. Other story, don't have time, understand I'm on the clock. Um, led me to start working in Asbury Bookstore. Eventually that opened the door to community life. I got surrounded by a lot of Christ-following, passionate students and staff members. And God was working on my life, loving me, encountering me, trying to help me to see that the work he wanted to do in me was greater than any blessing I could have expected. God wanted to teach me that Something about my situation that could not only help, help me become a better staff person at Asbury or pastor, but husband and father. And finally, at the right moment, God's love broke through. My history is, is that I, I, I really accepted Christ at Ichthus when I was in junior high. I, met my, I saw that my calling on my life happened at Ichthus when I was in college. And in the very last concert at the very last Ichthus in Wilmore, Kentucky, I think I always kept going there during this time in my life saying, God, please do something. There at that last concert, some random student walked up to me. A student that I didn't really get along with. We differed on some things. We kind of had debated, kind of had some emails going back and forth. But he walked up to me in the middle of the concert and said, can I pray for you? And during that prayer, 
as he prayed for me and prayed for my calling and prayed for my ministry, prayed for me at Asbury, the scales fell off. And I realized I had to give that peace in my heart, that utter disappointment that had turned to anger that was beginning to harden over to Christ. And in that moment, in that moment, things began to change. And finally, with that full surrender back in God's hands, God started doing things in my life. He started working on my call again, and I realized that the call of God was still on me and that I could could answer that call wherever I am with whatever job I could have. And I started seeking God daily. Just use me where I'm at, doing what I'm doing, running the student center. just, Just use me. And then things started to happen. Resources I never had started, 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 started being given to me. Key strategic student workers applied for jobs, and they took these little small positions and made them huge. Dr. Tennant and Kevin Bish wanted to build the residential life program, and they tabbed me. I was finally given a staff. I've always wanted, I'd always wanted a staff. And I saw what God can do when a staff of friends join together to do something. I am amazed at what I have to be a part of while at Asbury. And I am thankful to be a part of the mission and to have been a part of some of the years of working with students and being a part of the history. It has been a blessing. Today, if you've been disappointed in life, if you have found yourself blaming God, going and playing that game, why God, why did you do this? Why have you left me here? Don't let it derail you. Sometimes life's not fair. Sometimes plans don't turn out the way we thought they would. And sometimes God doesn't intervene the way we want. but he is trustworthy. And his steadfast love endures forever. And being connected to his power and being used for the kingdom is better than anything you can imagine. I imagine on that boat, maybe, that Peter felt it before He even saw his face. When Jesus pulled him out of the water, he felt it. And when he spoke those words, even though they were words of critique, he could hear it. His steadfast love endures forever. And even though he critiqued him and he said, you have little faith, he was also saying, I love you, I'm with you, let's keep on going. And that's what Christ says to us. When we hit a wall, when we start to sink, even when he critiques us, 